Greetings and welcome to In Tune with VHBC, a podcast about music and worship at Vestavia Hills Baptist Church. I'm Marty Watts, Minister of Music at VHBC. In today's episode, I'll share about the hymn Brethren We Have Met to Worship and talk with Ron Smith. If you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. Now let's get in tune. Very little is known about George Askins, the author of Brethren We Have Met to Worship. He was born in Ireland and immigrated to the United States as an adult. He became an itinerant Methodist preacher in the Baltimore area in 1801. He died in 1816, and his text, Brethren We Have Met to Worship, was published after his death in 1819. The original version of the text had five stanzas. Our Celebrating Grace hymnal only includes three of those. Some hymnals have removed the gendered language for humanity and renamed this hymn Christians We Have Met to Worship. Our Celebrating Grace hymnal, because it only includes three stanzas, the first stanza remains Brethren We Have Met to Worship, and then the second stanza is Sisters Will You Join and Help Us. And then the third stanza says Let Us Love Our God Supremely, Let Us Love Each Other Too. This does give some balance to the gender-specific language. Each stanza concludes with a reference to holy manna or sweet manna, which is an obvious reference to the book of Exodus and God's providence to the Israelites. The hymn tune is named Holy Manna for these repeated references in the hymn text. It was first published in 1825 in William Moore's Columbian Harmony. This tune was actually probably pieces of other folk tunes that William Moore combined to form the hymn tune that we know. Like many folk tunes, this tune's melody is pentatonic, only using five notes of the scale. The melody's form is also A-A-B-A, so three of the four lines are the same, making it easy to learn and remember. The Celebrating Grace hymnal that our church uses includes two other hymn texts paired with the tune Holy Manna. Today's podcast episode concludes with a handbell arrangement of Brethren We Have Met to Worship, presented by the Handbell Choir of Vestavia Hills Baptist Church under the direction of James Carr. If you have a hymn to suggest for a future episode of the podcast, feel free to contact me at marty at vhbc.com. I am very glad today to welcome to the podcast, Ron Smith. Hey, Ron. Hey, Marty. Thanks for taking time to do this with me today. You're quite welcome. Well, uh, first of all, tell us a little bit about what you're involved with at church. Well, I had uh, tried to think about <laughs> what I do to <laughs> at the church. Um, most of what, uh, the, what I'm doing right now or taking up my time is I'm the coordinator and recruiter for the new wine class. So we're trying to uh, keep everybody uh, informed. Long Millie uh, Eret is, of course, helping and uh, trying to keep everybody informed during this period of COVID, which is yeah. now 
hopefully over. And uh, we were very glad to be back in our classroom last Sunday. So uh, it's been a, kind of a struggle to keep everybody uh, together and uh, knowing what's going on. But we've, we actually had more people, I think, attend. We had a, a telephone uh, system set up uh, through Jim Davis's uh, office and uh, where we could all talk on a conference call. And uh, we probably had better attendance that way than we did if we had actually come into class uh-huh. for a period of time. So, yeah, yeah. So that, well, good. that worked out great. I know y'all are glad to, to be back um, meeting in person and connecting again. We are. And I've uh, been helping with uh, the uh, ordinance committee for a number of years. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, so I've gotten eight more aged <laughs> getting up and down <laughs> those steps to the baptistries become a challenge, but uh, I will be helping uh, July 11th, I think with Bo Barnett, who's one of our young people. I understand. Uh-huh. So, That's right. That's right. So, uh, looking forward to that. Then uh, we and the work of the uh, ordinance committee for um, communion has changed a little bit during COVID too, hasn't it? It has. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of strange if you've been doing it the old-fashioned way where we've gotten the cups and the wafers and everything in our in our plates. And uh, hopefully we'll be going back, I guess, to sometime to our regular uh, format. Uh, well, we've uh, I've enjoyed being on that committee. You get to know a lot of different people, and and uh, we meet on generally on Saturday mornings to get mm-hmm. things set up and. Uh, it's an hour or two where you get to talk to church folks that you wouldn't otherwise and get to find out what's going on in their lives. Yeah. And I think that committee, uh, like some of the other groups in the church is more of a behind the scenes kind of, kind of group that, um, does important work, but not everybody kind of sees, sees that work happening or knows how, how important it is. If, if we were to not have, have what you, your group does, then uh, we would be, we would be in trouble. Well, and I'm very thankful to uh, Cheryl Buckner for keeping things going mm-hmm. these last year. So she's the one that's really shouldered the load. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, I, uh, I would rather be back in the shadows, I think, than <laughs> out in one of the. I, I'm, uh, I'm on the library committee of all mm-hmm. things. Uh, I had not planned on being on the library committee. <laughs> Uh, when we were going to digitize our library, I thought, well, you know, I can't, I'm not a librarian. I don't know anything about Dewey Decimal or that kind of thing, but but I can enter data with, <laughs> with the rest of the group. So I uh, did that, and then then I was, I was on the library committee. So, <laughs> so um, I'm trying to, learn, trying to learn what a librarian does, and I'm kind of hard to teach, but Actually, I will catch it all and uh, yeah. trying to get our people to not be afraid of our new digital library because you can do so much more with it. You can mm-hmm. uh, check books out and go actually go through the library sitting at your home computer. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't think people realize that so much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, uh, to me, we, we need to uh, work with the congregation a little more to uh, get folks more aware of that. And then I've uh, been involved in the music program mm-hmm. at, with the, uh, mostly the children's choirs through, mm-hmm. throughout the years off and on. I, I, when I 
I guess when I first uh, started work back in architecture, I, I played for a couple of children's choirs and then work got so hectic, I kind of had to drop it. That was a couple of decades ago. And then recently I picked it back up again. Mm -hmm. working, uh, working with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Enjoyed that working with yeah, the uh, um, choirs. Unfortunately, the, the COVID pause uh, got in COVID the way. But, struck but, struck uh, again. And, yeah. uh, but one of the things that is, uh, I've truly enjoyed with the choir is getting, you get to know the kids. You would you, you would do at least somebody, somebody in my age group uh, wouldn't meet the young kids anymore. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, you get to know them and get to know their which parents go with the kids yes. and uh, it's uh, and uh, occasionally they remember you later on and that's where you get yeah. to see them grow up and uh, yeah. I think you had just a small part in, in uh, contributing to their lives. So it's well, well, tell us about um, how you came to, to play the piano. Did you uh, take lessons as, as a young child? I did. When uh, I started, uh, I think I heard someone else say in the third grade, um, the Birmingham school system at that time had a roving piano teacher and she would go around and you had to have a lesson once a week. Uh, and uh, my mom uh, never, she never played the piano, but she always wanted to. So she, um, so she had my brother and I take piano lessons. She, she never learned how to swim. And she also, made sure that my brother and I had swimming lessons. So, so we, uh, we sort of did some things that she thought she should have, I guess, uh -huh. in, in her childhood. But uh, took it in school for a um, couple of years. And uh, it was, uh, I, I think my first, I think in, my first little recital thing was a, uh, uh, we'll go fishing at the crawdad hole. I think <laughs> that was my first recital piece. Yeah. And I, I always uh, aspired to the, the older kids played the spinning song. I don't know if you remember. Uh, no, yes, I know the spinning song. Yes. And I thought if I could ever accomplish that, that would be the ultimate in piano skills. And Carnegie Hall would be the next step. <laughs> but but uh, so, after, well, after you know, one week lesson and you had, there was six or seven kids along with you and in a, in a half hour period, you didn't get a whole lot of uh, instruction. Mm -hmm. So uh, one of the uh, music teachers that went to church at Rohema where I, uh, my family went to church, uh, I took, started taking private lessons from her, Elizabeth Franklin. And then uh, uh, kind of, it, it helped the progression. She made you practice more. And, uh -huh. And I uh, actually got introduced to the classics. And uh, Now, did you make it to the spinning song? I made it to the spinning song <laughs> and, and passed a little bit. Good, good. Yes. <laughs> I, I thought so. She, start, she, start, she started me on uh, some of the uh, 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 basic classics, with, uh, the, some of the little uh, Chopin uh, preludes and mm -hmm. Later on in years when I was in high school, still taking from her, I made it up to a couple of the etudes and some yeah. of the other uh, classical yeah. pieces. Well past the spinning song, for sure. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was it was fun. I, I, yeah. 
that thought uh, I, it, this probably wasn't going to do me any good later on in life. But, you know, it's been just a w- wonderful thing to be able to do to sit down. And I mean, I, yeah. look, I can't play a lot of the things I used to play in high school, but uh, it's still great to be able to sit yeah. down and play. Played for uh, the throughout uh, my growing up period for the Sunday school departments back when we had pianos in the Sunday yes. school departments and yes. played hymns. And uh, so that was my role back, one of my roles yeah, back then. Yeah. And that's what I learned hymns that way. Started mm-hmm. out with the old Broadman hymn and all, and yes, and through the Baptist symbol progressions. And mm-hmm. yeah, well, you mentioned a career in architecture. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, my dad was an architect, so uh, I, I kind of followed in his footsteps. I went to Auburn, uh, which if either you went to Auburn or Georgia Tech or Rice at that time, those were mm-hmm. the architectural schools you had a choice of. So I uh, just followed in his footsteps and went to Auburn. And uh, when I first got down there, I went through the uh, year of uh, first-year design and really didn't particularly like it that much. I had grown up really enjoying architecture and sketching and doing that kind of thing. But uh, when they had the uh, critiques for the students down there, they were pretty brutal. Uh, So it was, uh, I remember one day in particular, we were sitting in class and they would say, look at the person on your left. And now look at the person on your right. They will not be here next year. So, <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty intimidating. So anyway, I uh, I switched my major after the first year to uh, fine arts or graphics arts, really, uh, which was preparation for uh, commercial art. And that's where I met Lou Ann. She was in, in that program as well. So uh, I actually graduated from Auburn in uh, graphic arts for the first time and uh, went to work uh, for the Sunday school board. That was my first job up in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my first boss up there was having a nervous breakdown. I didn't realize that that was my first job. And that was, it was kind of, you were wondering what was, as a brand new employee, what, what was going mm-hmm. on uh, with this person. And uh, he had been around some of the editors, I think, a couple of years too long. So uh, it was it was the most interesting year. We had had a, a very interesting group of artists in our in our section back there. Mm-hmm. So uh, then, I, after a year, uh, I decided, well, maybe I'll try another job for a while, and uh, came back to Birmingham and worked for an advertising agency, and. Uh, the, uh, then you were beginning to look around and you were thinking everybody that you were working with was either an alcoholic or they had heart trouble or, and, uh, you're thinking is there could be a better way to make a living than this. And <laughs> I remember one way, day in particular, uh, we used to have to, this was before the digital age, we had to paste up ads, um, where you had to physically separate do mats and this won't make any sense to you, but you had to cut flaps for the different colors and whatnot. And uh, one of the owners came back to my desk and he said, uh, do you think you might have time to work on this uh, ad for me today? And I said, well, sure. 
And then he turns around to the uh, Birmingham News guy standing at the front door saying, he's getting it pasted up right now. So it, it was an ad that was due immediately. And you're thinking, okay. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I decided maybe no better, better way to make a career. That's when I went back to Auburn and finished my architecture degree. So mm-hmm. I was... I was uh, slow to learn. Graduated in architecture a couple of years later. Uh-huh. Had a, in, had a, when I transferred out of art back into architecture, Auburn lost all my credits. The dean of the uh, art school retired. And uh, apparently, I, I don't know how, what he did with the records, but they couldn't find them. So I got this notice from the draft board saying I was going to be drafted and you had uh, you were given a number draft number at that time mm-hmm. and mine turned out to be five so I figured well and uh, there I was going to be drafted got in the National Guard so I had to uh, spend six months in basic training mm-hmm. and uh, came back in the National Guard unit training here for another uh, six or eight weeks something like that and uh, got assigned to a squadron, uh, the 117th Reconnaissance Technical Squadron, which happened to be uh, Jim Garland's squadron. So mm-hmm. he was actually my uh, commanding officer when I was out uh, oh, wow. for those six years. So, uh, But it interrupted my school year, so I was felt, uh, lost a whole year at Auburn mm-hmm. that way and uh, came back and finished my degree. And, mm-hmm. uh, Went to work. What kind of um, what kind of architecture did you focus on mainly? Well, you get uh, architecture like anything else. You kind of get directed whether you like it or not into different areas. Mm-hmm. And uh, was working for my dad, and he uh, just at that time was doing a lot of work for uh, Bell South and for church work, and those were the two main clients that uh, he had. That's what we did. And uh, so worked for him for a number of years. And then he decided to retire. And we were uh, the the three, two other fellows who were with me. We were going to, we formed our own firm and continued on and uh, did a lot of work for UAB at that time. And Mm. uh, South Central Bell decided they would cut back to one architect, so they picked an architect mobile, so we lost that work. And uh, that's uh, this was kind of a, one of the less, uh, uh, I guess, uh, easy periods in my life. We, our, we had to struggle to keep our firm going, and then I found out uh, my dad passed away, and then found out uh, – my mom's condition with Alzheimer's was a lot worse than I thought it was mm. going to be. And so it, it was kind of a struggle. Then I had my heart trouble. So mm. all in just a matter of uh, a couple of years. So, yeah. so it was a, uh, it was a struggle. And then I went back to, so I decided well, I'm not going to, we're going to drop the firm. And we, I went to work for another architect downtown, Emory Kirkwood and, and really thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, mm-hmm. And did basically schoolwork for him. So yeah, yeah. So um, the, you mentioned meeting uh, your wife Luann at Auburn. Tell us, tell us about your family. Well, 
uh, met her there. Her, um, her um, mom and dad lived in Aniana at the time when, when uh, we were dating. And uh, that's where we were married. Uh, Mrs. Uh, Shepherd, I don't know if you do, was originally from Aniana, and uh, that was her home church. Actually, up there, her mom and dad uh, used to help in the nursery, and Luann, uh, they would uh, babysit Luann and her sister and brother. So uh, Mrs. Shepherd had decided at that time she wasn't going to play for any more out-of-town weddings, but she made an exception for us, so we were really, really <laughs> thankful so that she came up for that. And uh, she got to see her family. I think her sister still lives in Aniana. And uh, so uh, then my mom and dad, my mom uh, was originally from Mississippi. And uh, they met, my, both my mom and dad met in the South Pacific in World War II. They had not met before that on, mm. on the uh, island of New Caledonia, French island. And uh my dad was with the uh, civil engineers. They built hospitals, uh, these field hospitals, uh, as the islands were taken and the troops had advanced. And my mom was an OR nurse, so uh, mm. she was assigned to this hosp field hospital that uh, they had built in New Caledonia. So uh, they actually started dating for uh, several months while he was there. My dad just felt had. had Head over heels for my mom, and then mm. uh, uh, he was in, got assigned to some field duty in the jungle, and got a fungal infection in his lungs, and got sent home. And uh, my mom was coming back through Birmingham to go back to Mississippi to her home, and wanted to see him before uh, she went back to Mississippi. And when she got off the train here in Birmingham, he wouldn't let her go home until she would marry him. <laughs> so so he got uh, my Aunt Noreen, his sister, in league, and they got my Aunt Noreen's pastor and uh, got had them get married in my Aunt Noreen's house before before she could go home. <laughs> so, uh -huh. <laughs> so, and then uh, I've got had two older brothers, uh, uh, one of which passed away as a child with leukemia. And then my older brother, I was the young youngest. Uh, he lives in Valley, Alabama now. But uh, Luann and I had, uh, we've got one son, Luke, who's now, it's hard to believe, Marty, and you will not believe how fast the time goes by. He is 35. It seems like he was... He was not much older than your son, uh, not a year or two ago. But uh, he, uh, Luann and I w both went to Auburn. He turned to the dark side <laughs> and uh, went to the university. And so he, uh, when he graduated, he went in the Marines. And I was in the Marines for seven years, I think, and uh, got married during that time. So, uh, and, uh He's uh, now working. He, when he came back, or he decided to come back, uh, when he left the Marines, he became a Vestavia policeman for a year and then has now been a Hoover policeman for mm -hmm. two years, I think. Has moved down to Calera. So he's, he's doing right well.
Well, good, good. Well, um, I uh, have appreciated so much folks uh, giving answers to this last question that I've asked everyone on the podcast. And so I'm excited to hear from you, Ron, about um, based on the second half of John 10, 10, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So uh, I'd love to hear from you, Ron, what's bringing you life. Well, I have a bit of adult ADD, mm-hmm. so, but one the thing that one of the things I enjoy most is uh, finding great design, and, and by that I mean either in art or in sculpture or in music, mm-hmm. and uh, and just experiencing that new new ways of looking at things. I enjoy art and calligraphy and music, and that's probably why I'm not good at any of them. I can't <laughs> can't focus on one, <laughs> one for sure. But uh, uh, for for music, I've always enjoyed uh, or thought of different songs. Is when I've heard one I really like, and then it drops back into obscurity where you don't, don't ever hear it, it, it kind of makes me sad. And I wish mm-hmm. there were ways that, it, it, you know, you could give it a voice. I remember uh, when I was at Rohema, we had a, a minister of music field in for a while. Um, and his wife, Eva White, was a voice instructor at Sanford. And, and she was saying every now and then she did this uh, Haydn uh Laurea, that when I think upon thy goodness, and I just thought that was just wonderful. And but I've never heard it since. And I think, you know, such a beautiful piece, and there's no, it, it's like it's voiceless. And I, mm. I was wish I knew of a way to do that. I, mm. I, I, I know this sounds weird to you talking about that sort of thing, but I wish there were ways that uh, music that. Uh, it's so great that you just don't doesn't get played or for one reason or another mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, talking talk about it, in terms of scripture there were, again it's two weird things that, that there was a script, scripture in Joel that, that where they you know how in the minor prophets they go, they go uh, where they are blasting the uh, foreign nations and then they blast Israel and and then it, it ends with usually a, uh, a turning point and restoration happens and there's one uh, I think it's in Joel that talks about the restoring the years that the locusts have taken and I was been thinking about that in COVID thinking maybe we'll get the restored the year that COVID mm-hmm. has taken from mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, and then the uh, scripture where Jesus always says, he'll not leave us comfortless. Mm-hmm. We've been do- talking a lot about the Holy Spirit in our class recently. And that's interesting topic of yeah, yeah. conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, going back to your, your um, looking for good design, what, what's maybe your favorite architectural design or, or your favorite right now, anyway, maybe, maybe not of all time, but <laughs> what, what's one that you've, you've written really fond of? 
Well, the I enjoy historical architecture quite a, quite a bit. When I was at Auburn, if you put anything historical, uh, any of the uh, classical orders or anything on, on one of your buildings, it was like you were guaranteeing yourself an F. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you couldn't do that. But now I think they, their uh, colleges, our schools of architecture, where you can actually study that and learn restoration and whatnot. But one of the uh, modern uh, architects, I guess, I think he's deceased now, but is that I liked is Alvar Alto, which is a Finnish, he's a Finnish architect. Mm. And uh, I always thought his work was pretty wonderful. Mm. Mm. So, but you won't see it here in this country. It's right. <laughs> you have to have to go to <laughs> Finland to see most of it. Yeah, yeah. Being able to see things three D, um, I, I guess I, it's a little, a little bit easier for me, and I, I don't realize that so many people have difficulty in looking at a drawing and seeing something three D in it. So uh, it's, I guess it's a matter of training. Yeah, yeah. But I was going to ask you, too, about uh, you're studying Spanish. <laughs> One of the things that when I was taking piano from Mrs. Franklin, her family came over from Germany right before mm-hmm. World War One, And, uh, uh, of course, they couldn't. Her mother wouldn't allow them to speak German. Uh, but she remembered a couple of childhood prayers and she in German, and she had taught uh told me how to uh taught me how to say them which i don't remember now but uh, that got me one of the things that got me interested in german and a lot of the uh magazines uh, for architecture they're in german or they have a german section Mm. so i i took german uh, for a couple of years in college and i think i'm going to try to take it again yeah. to uh, revive it. I got to where I could read it mm-hmm. pretty well, never could converse in it. But yes. uh, Well, I, I highly recommend the Duolingo app. This uh, podcast is not sponsored or anything, but, I, <laughs> but uh, Duolingo is a good, a good app for sure. Well, I've been looking at several, yep. so I'm going to have to make a selection here yeah. short. Yeah. Well, that's great. I, I love that you're going back and, and doing some of that again. Well, Ron, this has been a wonderful conversation uh, and learned some things I didn't know about you. So I really appreciate you uh, taking time to, to be with me today. Sometime I'll tell you about uh, running a Klieg light at a uh, Rolling Stones concert. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please do. I, 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 I definitely <laughs> want to hear that. <laughs> Thanks again, Ron. Thank you. Subscribing to or following this podcast makes it easy to find new episodes. Today's episode concludes with the ringing of Brethren We Have Met to Worship. 